Mech Football Pod. It's just me and Justin here. Big fella. Justin, you having a good weekend? You having a good week five weekend? Because I'm yeah, having a great the weekend, weather, man. The weather's great. It's a, it's an amazing Midwestern fall weekend, man. You enjoyed all the games from home, right? I did. I did. Yep. I was, uh, the wife was working all day Saturday, so I had a lot of time with just uh, me and the son hanging out. A lot of brainwashing. Uh, watching a lot of Mac football, right? Hey, um, that, hey, those guys are called New Hampshire. You don't like that place. Right. Maybe later, but this weekend, you hate New Hampshire. <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was good, too. Uh, I'm enjoying the time while I have it to be able to kind of just... He can't really move around yet, so it's pretty fun to just, like, sit there on the couch and let him play with toys while I consume a bunch of football, flipping through all the channels and stuff. It's a pretty frantic way to watch football, but I enjoy it. Okay, see, I didn't really know what the timeline was because, like, my sister had kids, right? But she didn't brainwash her kids to, like, like football like that, so... It's good to know for my future, if if that ever happens, that it goes baby and then blogger and then toddler, right? That's the uh, pretty, pretty much, yeah. If there's any pediatricians listening, I, please don't shame me for my child watching TV at only five months old. But um, it's just Mac football. It's not harmful. No, it's harmful. No, it's harmful. Later, but now it's all, you know. It's all the same. I don't know. That's an argument between you two when, you know, he's 19 and <laughs> makes other decisions in life. They can't identify. I don't know what what, what it says on the, the, the pediatrics charts of when they start to identify SEC speed. I think the win expectancy of uh, what you're doing right now is going to be like at 4%. And it's, you're not going to realize that until after the fact. <laughs> until it's too late. Yep. Sorry to burden you, father, but that's your fault. Should have left that thing alone. Uh of course, it was. This was like essentially like the opening weekend of Maction. I myself, like I've been telling you, and I was gonna put this in a tweet, but I think I'd rather put it in podcast form. Where, you know, I get very, very tunnel visioned with my college football watching, especially when Eastern has a home game, and I'm able to make it, which nowadays is like way easier for me to do. So, uh, to I don't again, I don't know if there's gonna be like any pediatricians listening, but. If there's any therapists out there that are listening, uh, I need some help because I have vlogged many, many hours of uh, football being played on the gray turf and having FOMO mixed in at the same time because I'm looking at the rest of, uh, you know, the rest of the nation, even just locally, where the Bronstock Trophy, that went AWOL. Toledo Central Michigan, that ended in a Fetty Wap in, you know, uh, not Central's favorite, which is great. Uh, Bowling Green, Akron, and whenever SP Plus can say like that game should have like had more points out of Bowling Green, uh, that's a a very funny feeling, I guess. And Buffalo <laughs> beat Miami, which is great because they were favored, but also the win expectancy said like twenty percent Buffalo's odds of winning that game over Miami. So if that ends up like really screwing up the East, Miami's going to be really really pissed. Uh, Kent State went to double overtime or just regular overtime, one overtime to Ohio. And Western beat the hell out of New Hampshire. Uh, and here I am watching Eastern just <laughs> just try its best over UMass. Just tried really, really hard, man. And they won, but man, did Eastern have to try its absolute best to beat UMass. And I that's not a good feeling. It's just not a good feeling, especially after last year when they beat UMass like a lot to a little, 
yeah, it's a better coaching staff this year, but still, that's UMass. And you don't want to be that close to UMass. No, you don't. And I don't know. You'll know more than I will if it was – is it just a matter of, like, how good Eastern is? Or is it kind of like um, – is there just some, like, non-conference malaise where it's like, let's just get on with this season already? Uh, I mean, I don't think they're being, like, lackadaisical with anything. I just – you know, there's a lot of guys missing. There's just a lot of important yeah. guys missing at a lot of important spots. Um, and UMass, you know, also is missing a lot of important guys too. So it sucked that you like Eastern realized, oh, UMass is very one-dimensional on offense now because they're missing a lot of key plays, you know, key guys. Uh, so if we could just like change a couple of things here at halftime and actually get a couple of points in the second, you know, third quarter, that'd be great. But and they did, which is exactly what happened, but it sucks that that's what it took. It sucks that it took, okay, we're down 10 nothing at halftime. Now what? Before Eastern flipped the switch. Like, that's not a great feeling. Especially at home. Yeah, and they're turning the ball over a lot, which isn't good. Um, so, I mean, I guess if you turn the ball over three times and still win by a touchdown, uh, all the, everything else looks pretty good from the yeah. Eastern perspective. But uh, Yeah, the efficiency on offense is just not there. Would you be shocked to know that going into this week, they were the fourth highest team in the MAC in offensive success rate? Yeah. Yeah. So they're pretty efficient, but one of the problems was explosive plays, and I don't know that they got a ton of them. Yeah, um, they're, yeah, they're definitely missing that with uh, the quarterback change because Austin Smith is just not that like through the air. Um, again, he's really young. It's only his second year in college, so you know maybe he's just not there develop- developmentally. Um, but yeah, it, it just, so far it just has not been, he hasn't had, he hasn't had the answers downfield with his arm that Eastern likes because that's, you know, Eastern loves the convenience of a running quarterback, but it doesn't like love game planning for a running quarterback like that, you know, and which is, which sucks because right. what's been giving Eastern troubles uh, on defense is facing the mobile quarterback. And now they're, you know, there's, they still would rather have the Taylor Powell you know, who wears like a leg brace out there. Hey, they know who they are. It's true. Again, I was very tunnel vision with my college football, so I know a lot of what happened in that game. Uh, based on how many people wanted to go ahead and like read my recap of Eastern beating UMass 20 to 13, um, seems like a lot of other people had a lot of other games that they'd rather look at and talk about. Again, you watched it from home. Your son was really excited. He was in the open chats, like, taking care of all of his blogger business. What were you guys, like, talking about when you were drinking beers together when the wife was away? We were really focused on NIU Ball State. Um, As a WMU fan, that was an important result for me. Uh, But also, to me, I think I tweeted this out, too. It felt weird to say because the combined records of the teams coming into the game were two and six. But, like... I don't think there was anybody playing better than NIU and Ball State coming into that game in the Mac West. Yeah, no, you definitely noted that Ball State was playing better. Through, They're you know, improving. Since the West yeah, yeah, and John Paddock, that, man, that kid, that kid's pretty damn good. John Paddock can freaking sling it, man. Like he's got a really quick release, and he's he's gonna make mistakes, and he's airing it out. But the dude threw the ball fifty-eight times yesterday. You're gonna throw some picks. You're going to put some balls in some dangerous areas. Mm-hmm. And now you dropped a couple picks. 
um, which I think was unfortunate for them. And one of the reasons that they weren't able to shut the door on Ball State is because NIU kind of stopped turning them over and uh, NIU started turning it over. I think NIU had a chance to go up three touchdowns um, late in the first half and then uh, fumble, and then turn the ball over. I can't remember if it was a fumble or a pick, but either way, they, they were in a scoring opportunity and they gave the ball away. And that the game kind of turned from there. You could feel Ball State kind of heating up in sort of the middle eight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then just they were just a better team in the second half. And it shocked me because Ball State did not seem ready to play, right? Like they didn't seem ready to play, and then they were down 14 nothing, and decided to try to kick a short field goal instead of going for it. Uh, and they missed, and, I, and this was in the first quarter. And I just thought, this game's only going to go one direction it's only going to get worse and i expected niu to just kind of keep scoring until it didn't have to anymore um but one thing we haven't seen a lot of niu was they had to score and couldn't oh i thought you were going to say rocky lombardi but i guess that's in the second half yeah well and rocky didn't play which is a big reason and so if if you're an niu fan trying to figure out you know what what's the season look like from here it's an uphill climb but if you get rocky back i do think i still think niu is the best team in the Mac when Rocky Lombardi plays. Um, based on what we saw from Toledo, I think it's close. Like it's not, I'm not going to do one of those, like, and it's not close things because in this conference, it's always close, but they might be running out of time. But I don't want to be too pessimistic on that front because, I mean, I think we've all been there before thinking NIU wasn't going to come back, and, and they always do. I'm really, really impressed with Ball State, just the way they played in that second half. And you, they are getting more comfortable on offense, like every snap. And like, you can see it happening. Like Ball State is. Yes. If Ball State was playing like this week two, they don't lose to Western Michigan. And they almost beat Western Michigan anyway. If they hadn't fumbled on their first possession that game, they would have been fine. This is a team that's really, really improving. And I think, you know, with again, with the exception of how Toledo played yesterday, I don't have any problem thinking Ball State is either the best or second best team in the MAC West right now. Mm-hmm. I could I could buy into that, and I just don't, you know, because if you look at their resume, they got clobbered by Tennessee. Right. I just said that I considered that game over Western Michigan to be, you know, if we're trying to look forward for the team, I consider it a win. It might as well have been a close win the way uh, they're playing. SB now. Plus gave that game a 52% win expectancy for Ball State. So uh, it's considering that a, 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 a slight also. victory for Ball State, which I believe is fair. That's how I view them. Um, just like eye test wise. They've beaten Northern Illinois and they played really tight on the road with a really good Georgia Southern team um, last week. And they are probably feeling like they should only have one loss <laughs> and deservedly so. And so I'm curious to see if this momentum keeps up, but I, the ball state Toledo game might be the most important game on the schedule left. Yeah. Who saw that coming? Not me. Not me. Not me. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I definitely have more respect for ball state and I know it's just like, it's hard to like actually look at like an overall record two games or one game into the max schedule, but still one and four right next to Northern Illinois is uh, not a great look, especially when like you looked at the schedule and you're like, you know, 
hey, maybe Vanderbilt, you could beat them, but like you're looking at like two and two, maybe three and two or three and one coming out of non-conference play, but not exactly. Uh, even though you might have liked how you looked against Kentucky, you're one and four right now. That's not a good look for NIU. Not a good place to be. And you have to play Toledo next week. Um, and sure, you can like ignore ignore all that. And like once Rocky comes back, you can feel good as new and you're playing for the second season anyways and blah, blah, blah. I can I get that. But like, dude, it's hard to just like go from a one win team to seven in a row. That is that's hard to do. We've seen it happen before. And I think. NIU started one and three last year before they rattled everything off off in the MAC. So I don't think, and they were still in position to win, right? Um, they're still going to win a bunch of games with Ethan Hampton, but if they need Rocky back, and once they get him back, it'll be different. But like, what, what is it? What is it that like Ethan can't do that makes it seem so desperate that they need Rocky back right now? I mean, like, yeah, they lost, you know, the Bronze Stock game, but like. Was he just like choking in big moments? Was he just like not winning on first down? Like, what is it that Ethan doesn't give to NIU's offense? Well, they're just not give it, getting the big plays that they're that they can get from Rocky through the air. Like Rocky Lombardi's adjusted passing yards per attempt is nine point eight. It's really good, right? The next closest is Curtis Rourke, a full yard below him. Rocky is QB1 by a pretty sizable margin, in my mind. Ethan Hampton is middle of the pack. He's not bad, but when you have a defense as bad as NIU is, your offense can't be middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. Like, they have to score. And there was, I think, a lot of flexibility for NIU because they like to run the ball so much, and they ran the ball well yesterday. They Harrison Whaley was 30 carries, 230 yards. <laughs> He broke a big one in the second half that I thought was going to seal the game, but Ball State just kept battling. But, like, he played well. Um, it's just in those big moments and just the ability to control the ball and put the game away. Like, I think Rocky is just, you know, it's it's nothing against Ethan Hampton. It's just if you have the best quarterback in the MAC and then that quarterback is not playing. Then you don't have the best quarterback in the MAC playing. Yeah. I yeah, mean, you're going to miss, you know, you're going to miss these opportunities in those big plays. And – you know, like you said, NIU's one and four. It doesn't matter. Like, they dropped a fourth down pass against Tulsa. That should have won them the game. Yes. Rocky goes down. He was seven for seven with a touchdown when he goes down against Vanderbilt. Maybe that game plays out differently. Maybe the Kentucky game plays out differently. This game, I think, definitely plays out differently. But you're deep enough into the season now. You're into that second season that, like, it now it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, yeah now you, you, have can't, to start you can't play about, the what-if games because, like, the record is the record is the record. You know, yeah. and, like, I don't know if it's going to – how much it'll affect their chances at going to Detroit, you know? Like, hopefully, even if Rocky, like, stays hurt, hopefully NIU can, like, kind of ride out, like, the rest of what's good of NIU's offense through the West because maybe Ball State's the best team that they're going to play until Toledo again, which I don't I don't know if that's – no, that is this week. That is this week. Okay, good luck to you, NIU. Um, right. I don't think that – you know, I know the Mac is down, but I still don't think five and three is going to win you the division if one of the losses is Toledo. Yeah. And like this is a division where like you have to win out. Or or like have some great devil magic if you suffer one interdivision loss. Right. And now's not the time if, to have those. Right. And 
I, I wonder if we'll look back on the, you know, there's so much left. This is going to sound so stupid if NIU ends up just turning it around. And like you said, if Ball State ends up actually being the best team, that's going to force like a really big recalibration of how we were viewing these teams at this point in the season. But like, we, the, the thing, the drum we were beating all offseason for NIU was that like they had a bunch of one score luck. And if they don't improve on defense, they're going to play in a bunch of one score games. And if they come back down to earth, they're going to be a six or seven win team. And it might not be good enough to win the Mac again. And that's kind of what's happening, right? Like they're just losing the games that they won last year. They're playing the same games. They're just, they're just, they're losing the edge. Yeah. Um, and need a like, fullback. Matt, Maybe they just like need that. the fullback again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, after the season, I think like NIU fans will be fair to play the what if game. Cause like they don't have Trayvon Rudolph and, and they lost him before he could play it down and, and they don't have Rocky. And I think the team's different, mm-hmm. but they were still going to have to win this Toledo game next week. Anyway, if they wanted to win the Mac and uh, yeah, man, I don't know. It's, it's it just got a lot tougher for them um and again i don't i don't want to make it all about niu because i i think ball state played a really good game the one thing you know if i'm going to say something bad about ball state is i don't think they can keep starting games like this and winning them because it cost them against western michigan and it didn't cost them against niu but it required the fourth largest comeback in school history to do it that to me isn't a very sustainable thing you know so if that's if you want to look for anything out for ball state if they don't improve on how they start games they could be in trouble which i think is a good segue unless you have anything else on that to central michigan no go for it so speaking of teams that start games like shit it's i mean we're five games into the season and central has started every single game like garbage whoa 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 hold on they started out with a field goal they then started punt, out every game punt, like garbage. Then a fumble, then a punt, then a punt, then a turnover on downs. And yeah. A half. Okay. yeah. Thank you for the correction. They started off like flaming garbage. <laughs> 31 to 3 at the half. Oh, my God. Yeah, the game was over, right? And and then, you know, they won the second half, and they started like, oh, maybe they'll make it interesting. But And it's like eventually, like, no one gives a shit anymore, you know? Like, you can't – and, like, credit to Toledo – for understanding that and just being like, we're going to turn the gas up. We're going to go full throttle in the second quarter and we're going to score a billion points. And they did. And then, and then withstand what's going on. So I don't, I'm not smart enough to know if it's like a coaching thing or if it's just how the teams can like, does central just need garbage time to play better? Like, are they really that bad that they need the other team to let off before they can do anything? Or is there something about how the game's being called? Like, I don't know, but Daniel Richardson has been kind of disappointing relative to what I think a lot of us expected of him. Um, now, let me cut you off right there. Uh, one thing that I said before the season, and, you know, I knew it was going to be, like, you know, hot takey, pretty hot takey, maybe, depending on who you ask. But it seems like I'm doing a pretty good job with this take, is that I'm worried that Lou Nichols will even reach 1,000 yards rushing after he had 1,800 last year. He's at 363 right now. He had thirty some against Central, or, or against Toledo rather. Uh yeah, that takes aging really well. Mine, however, that they were the best team in the MAC is aging like absolute crap. Yeah, no, that's really bad. Um, it's really bad, and I mean, listen, yeah, you just found that take in the fridge, huh? 
oh my god it was so it, it was moldy yeah. and gross and i just i, I didn't pay attention yeah, Listen, and like, I, and you're like but the label says it's still good for another week or so yeah i thought um right there you know Today. just going on reputation for jim McElwain, right and then the, and you pointed out in the offseason like oh, they're replacing a lot of guys and i was like they're not going to hit on everybody but there's no way that they're going to not replace any of them and uh well they didn't replace any of them like like there are people playing in their place but they're not playing well and they're they're just not good like they are central michigan is holding the like worse vibes getting worse crown still the vibes have to be so bad in mount pleasant like it just feels bad right now i don't feel bad for them no no it just feels bad yeah i um, acknowledge it yeah yeah i'm with like, you. let's be real here I, I will not extend any sympathy that direction um but like i don't know just thought they would be better and as a team 1.3 yards per rush for central against Toledo. And that's like supposed to be their thing with Lou Nichols, you know? And I do want to say though, this is consecutive weeks, like to pivot to Toledo, because I thought that was, this was really impressive from them defensively because they, that's consecutive weeks. Like after getting spanked by Ohio state that this defense came out and was like, no, no, no guys, we're, we're good. Like Justin, you were nervous about the defense. It's fine. We're, we still kick ass. Yeah. And like, and, and they do. Yeah. Maybe like if you could, like, I don't, like being caught into the uh caught up in the what if game like okay well what if ohio state would have played any other team out of the mac you know you know you couldn't expect anything better than that like maybe niu because that was the same weekend that they played kentucky pretty well maybe niu would have played ohio state better or maybe it was the week after relative to whatever it's still early part of the season right yeah yeah. Uh, but sp plus says that toledo has been consistently far and away the best defense in the mac all season long um yeah their rating is like not even close to anybody else's in the max so uh, i think they were top 50 right i believe so yeah top 50 defense so it's like a low power five defense basically and if you're doing that like you're gonna look really good in mac play and i think the other thing that's helping out Toledo is that the defenses in the mac are not very good like you just mentioned that and so their offense by default is going to start to look better um taquan finn's been pretty efficient from a success rate perspective and from an EPA perspective, you know, he's just kind of been slotted behind Rocky Lombardi, but he's been sneakily pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he doesn't make many mistakes. Like, and no. that's been proven like since last year too. He had a really good And we know he can make plays with his legs and all that. And like, it's like, it just, Toledo just looks like they're going to be fine. And I don't think they're going to meet much resistance <clears> on the <throat> defensive end. So if they're, if their defense stays healthy and keeps playing well, yeah. okay, there's just, on. So let's. So you just you just diagnosed Toledo that they have a good defense, probably the best in the conference by a lot, mm-hmm. and a good quarterback that doesn't make stupid mistakes. Yep. And considering hmm. the state of quarterback play in the MAC West, hmm. who is who are they going to come up against? Hmm. I don't know the status of Rocky. Like if he's going to play next week, but like NIU backup quarterback, Eastern Michigan backup quarterback, Central Michigan, they just pummeled. Ball State, John Paddock's playing pretty well. Western Michigan, quarterback who would probably be a backup on most of these teams. I just, because of, if, if Toledo had any other history than that of just like choking all the time, we wouldn't even hesitate to be like, yeah, this thing's over. <laughs> you know? 
uh, that said, yeah, uh, NIU has SP Plus uh, favorite offense in the MAC, uh, but NIU also has the number ten defense in the MAC by SP Plus. So, jeez, I think it's a great mix. Is kind of like you hanging know. out down there in the triple digits or whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's a really weird identity shift for NIU too. Like NIU it should is. be like much much better on defense, and at least and a little I bit worse think- on offense. Yeah, in preseason, they said, I think Hammock was saying, like, he thought the defense was a touchdown better, which, had it been true, would have been, you know, massive leap. But there's, you and I have talked about, we've been doing this for, it's got to be close to a decade, right? So, <laughs> we, I think we've had this you conversation. Kids, every, right? That's that's the only dating we need. Yeah, that's fine. Well, yeah. that's not us dating. That's you and your wife, but go on. Yeah, right. No. Um, yeah, we started this when we were 12. Um, I, we've had this conversation every off season about teams that have a bunch of returning production. And I think you've always beat the drum. They're like, Oh, if they were bad last year and they're all coming back, that doesn't mean they're going to be better. Yeah. Like progress is not necessarily linear. Listen, you know? raise, listen, raise your hand. If you've like ever opened the fridge and thrown away the leftovers you saw. Sometimes <laughs> no, you just got to do I, that I to a football takes. season. Turn them into takes. Ugh. Well, um, no, yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, we saw, you know, what happened to Ball State last year? They had all that returning production. And we were like, well, you know, they ended up ranked in 2020 in the pandemic season. But I think we were all like, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to, like, get better. Like, I think we, they were as good as they were going to be, and they won a bunch of closed games. So don't expect them to necessarily replicate that in the year after. And they had a pretty disappointing year last year. Like, it isn't, especially in this conference, like, you're not – teams are developing but they're not developing like it's just it isn't linear like there was no guarantee that NIU's defense is gonna be better this year yeah other than the fact that they all played defense on the same team last year yeah and like it sucks that like Ball State was ever like those players were put in a position by like Mac fans like all like 45 of them that okay if your championship was any had any worth in 2020 just run it back then like just do the whole thing again like simply win a league championship in college football again since you have you know 19 of the 22 returning starters or whatever the figure was something close to that and like that's not completely fair man that was really hard for them to do it took them four years to even like get there right like and you're lucky that they even won that mac championship game over a really good lance leipold uh led team so the fact that you know if 2021 delegitimized the 2020 championship game for you i I get that it's it was a COVID year and and all that stuff, but I still think that that was the best looking Mac team we could have seen in 2020. Um, yeah, I'm not saying it delegitimized. Like it's still it's still a banner. Hang that shit. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying that in looking ahead to the next year, it's. I mean, this conference, I think, like any other, but especially this one. Well, yeah, but but like I, I think that, but like I think the like. Not this isn't really just us. This is more of like by and large, like if Mac fans looked at that as a reason to like not buy into what Ball State had going on. And remember when I was beating a drum that sounded like, hey, Mike knew even though that he did not have a great twenty twenty one season to speak of with his team, he's still probably my number one favorite Mac coach right now. And you guys were like, eh. but I'm like, but oh I, man, I like he's got no. It, it, this is it, man. This is it. This yeah. is what a kitchen looks like sometimes. Sometimes it's yeah. sloppy, but he's still the best chef in the world. I will say this about Mike New. I'm not a fan of like in-game management. 
I'm a huge fan of like the development of the program like mm-hmm. that. Like, I don't disagree with you. Like right now, not a lot of guys have, can make the same claim he has to like how he's built that from where it was. Um, and again, like not, I'm not delegitimizing the 2020 season, but what I'm saying is right. the point I'm trying to make is the 2021 team was not much different than the 2020 team. Right. Right. And you're seeing the same thing happen to NIU this year in a way that we kind of alluded to already, which is it's kind of the same team as last year, but that doesn't mean you're going to win a Mac title, especially if you had to rattle off a bunch of close games or win games in which you were outplayed. Um, and it's not always sustainable, but I mean, it's only week five. So, I mean, all this can sound super dumb. Like maybe ball state never wins again, but I just, they, they look really good. And mm-hmm. Toledo looks really good. Um, relative to everybody else. Anyway, we know the conference is down as a whole. The conference is down as a whole. Let me look at the, uh, the average ranking of the conference, which the preseason in the preseason, the average ranking for a Mac team would have been like at 98.6, right? It's at 108 through week it's, five. It's bad. That's but really bad. that has made for some really cool football games. <laughs> like they're a little sloppy, but they had five games decided by one score yesterday. And in a way, I kind of see why the, the league likes to play on Tuesday nights. Cause a lot of the stuff kind of got buried. And they were really good games. But I think that, like, I don't know, if these would have been played on national television, they would have been talked about for, like, maybe an extra day. But these were all really, really good games. Um, had some good, uh, some really good performances. I don't know. I, I, I don't, like, if you would have put Akron, Ball, or Akron Bowling Green, which was a three-point game, apparently it was pretty competitive and all that stuff. It if was. If you would have put that, like, on a larger audience, I would have still not turned that channel on. Well, you know, my theory on it is that like the Mac reshuffles to make sure it's like quote unquote best games are played on, on national television. But you know me, I, I don't think that the general public differentiates between a good Mac team and a bad team. Mac team. I don't think they care. No, they don't. But Akron Bowling Green was a game made perfectly for, for weeknight action. And this game was awesome. Like it was every time it felt like Bowling Green was like going to put Akron away. Akron fought right back. Like they created turnovers they put together drives and, you know, had a chance to win at the end. And like this is, we talked about ball state improving at a different level. This Akron team is getting better. Um, like getting better a little bit quick. Cause we've seen a lot of year zeros, haven't we? That just are ugly the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> this one's not, this one's not ugly the whole time. Like Akron's going to win a couple games, I think in the conference. Which ones? Because like I feel like Bowling Green. Well, I been thought it was going to be this one, right? And um, like you're looking at it, at Ohio's looking pretty tough, honestly. Central might be doable. At Kent State, good luck. Miami, doubt it. But like that. But they're again. Are, are, getting, are they getting, getting better, better at a pace where like by the time you meet Miami for that Halloween weekend, which is the point you're going to make right now, are they yes. going to like? How much Miami? better are those other teams? Like, are teams like Kent State, Miami, Buffalo, like as good as we think they're going to be? And we'll talk about Buffalo in a second, I'm Buffalo, sure. Yeah. But like, is Akron going to improve to close that gap? Because I'm thinking, looking at how Akron's playing now, not from a gambling perspective, but like three weeks from now, how many points would someone have to like give you, like to tell you Kent State should win by before you feel comfortable being like, right. yeah, I'm 100% sure it'll do that. Um, because like it would have to be 
for me, anything more than a touchdown feels like too much it, on the improvement that I'm seeing. Like right now, I think they're they're better. But the fact that all of these Mac East games were as close as they were yesterday, considering yeah. like how we perceived them going in. Um, I don't know, like Ohio went wire to wire with an FCS school last week and then almost beat Kent State. They, so I know this is like a really stupid talking point, but they don't have a good answer at the kicking game. Like that's going to like really take out of like competing for, for, for a close Akron. game, you know, for Akron, you know, cause they can't like settle for field goals on like drives that they just like got into the other team's field position, you know, and like kick enough field goals to be like, hey, we played a lot closer than like we really deserve to, but here we are uh, making you bite your nails. I don't think Akron can even get into that. So they have to like a team, they have to be a team that scores touchdowns and they're not. Well, they did in every quarter, but it is Bowling Green. I know it's a sliding scale. Like I'm they trying to readjust. Do, but they didn't score touchdowns until the second half of the Liberty game, like in FBS. Play. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It's so this is what's with this the conference being so bad this year. This is it's making it very difficult for me to like adjust my brain to be like like I don't want to throw out the Liberty game because I thought there were some encouraging things going on there. But like Liberty's a lot better than Bowling Green, you know? Yeah. So I'm like trying to assume like what the type what type of resistance Akron's going to come up against. They, I don't know, man. They had they had 408 yards of offense yesterday. If they didn't turn the ball over three times, they win. If they didn't turn the ball over, if they just turned it over two times, they probably would. Yeah, it's it's like, it's really hard for me to respect uh, Akron and Bowling Green at this, you know. Just I, I enjoyed the game. I knew it was going to be fun. I was glad that I was right about something this week. That was cool. It was on um, NFL Network, right? It was ESPN Plus. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know who had the NFL Network game this week. I don't think anybody then. Someone in, yeah. Um, that's the bottom of the Mac East. Should we talk about the teams that might actually be that's good? That's like right above them? Yeah. When I say the best teams in the Mac East, they're like slightly above. Yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah, I mean like how many overtime? This is just like one overtime game, right? Uh, yes. Kent State and Ohio. Yep. 700 yards of offense for Kent State <laughs> and only 31 points to show for it? That seems a little odd. Yeah, well, you know how that, that happens, right? That seems a little... No, I don't I don't really get it. Well, when you fumble five times, and they only lost two of them, but turnovers is how that happens. But they had, had 36 first downs to Ohio's 19. Uh, 730. They almost gained, outgained Ohio by 300 yards, and Ohio had a good offensive day. Dante Cephas had had 246 yards of receiving, and that was only six more yards than uh, Marquez Cooper had rushing, which was 40 carries for 240 yards. I don't know how you don't score more in a game like this. You have to be pretty... I'm going to try to check the advanced box score here to see, like, what the points per opportunity were, because they had to have been, like, just failing miserably. Yeah, 2.4 points per opportunity. They had they crossed the Ohio 40 10 times. They only scored 24 points. Uh, it's not good. 
Ohio uh, had four opportunities for just 10 points, so they weren't much better. Um, also, Kent State played with a really long field. Their average uh, starting field position was inside their own 20. So that's another reason for the inflated yard totals. Gotcha. Um, it doesn't look like they were super explosive, except like in the second and fourth quarter. Like once the game really opened up in the fourth quarter, like everyone was explosive. But they were just, you know, they were gaining a lot of, I'm not going to call them empty yards. There's no such thing as empty yards when you have like 700. Um, But yeah, they just weren't as productive. And so I think the question for Kent State, right, is, is this like a a thing or should we expect like, oh, no, 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 they played like they should have scored 50. They're going to start scoring 50. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I I really don't know what to expect out of these guys moving forward. That's... I, I, it's just not encouraging to put the ball on the ground that many damn times, especially like when they all essentially come from the quarterback. Yeah, at home, homecoming yeah. game. <sighs> I don't know. I just and like Ohio, when are you gonna like stop finding yourself in these situations? Oh where, my like, god! Like all these games have to be like so damn hard if they're like at all within the realm of like winnable. Like FAU, the um, who who they have to fend off last week. Oh uh, God! Well, uh, Fordham. Yeah, Fordham, the fifty-nine, fifty-two, and then this—not as high scoring as those, but like still should have been probably. Yeah, they're just—they're making things so hard on themselves, and like it really is like Curtis Works team because I can't name another player that's like performing as much as this guy is like on a per play basis. Uh, Bangor is really good. He averaged five and a half yards per carry yesterday. Um, 18.99 for the whole day, though. And yeah. like, a, a lot of it came on a 50-yarder. So what was he doing Fair. with the other yeah. 17? So before then, it wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe Kent State's rushing defense is pretty good. The, again, we talked about this before. Like, their non-conference schedule makes it really hard for me not to, like, know anything about them. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> It is encouraging that you just said that, though. Like, Kent State's defense, especially, like, against the run, it's getting better. It might just be good, you know? Like, I'm willing to uh, to just go ahead and make that a thing. Like, their defense could be pretty – I mean, why not? I mean, it, it's not a very high bar in that, in that division to be the best defense, so maybe they just are. I know Miami's had, had done okay, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, there's – I think there are two – ways you can look at this Kent State Ohio game first well three ways first is that it was fun as shit and nothing else matters because it was fun as shit and that uh Dante Cephas catch at the end uh it ended up being the game-winning touchdown in the first overtime um he didn't score it but they should have counted it they had like his knee down at like the one inch line and it was like so cool because he fought off like three or four defenders and just willed himself into the end zone that one should have just been a touchdown on the because it was cool scale yeah if it's cool it counts yeah, it was cool. Don't review it. It was sweet. Like that, they should that, have just that's counted the church it. I live in. And the result didn't change, right? Because if they would have just given him the touchdown, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. Like he was down at the one inch line. They punched it anyway. You just swapped who got the touchdown. Like it was no big deal. Um, Ohio did stop them twice. So like I think they had to get to third and goal. So I, I get it, but whatever. Ohio didn't win the game. Kent State did. Um, also, I don't know what Ohio was trying to do. At the end in overtime there, they got they like were moving the ball and got to first and ten and then just started throwing fade routes for some reason. 
But anyway, the point I was trying to make is you can either look at this as like, no, Kent State's really dominant. They just had some fumble troubles that they clean up. They're going to be winning these Mac East games 50 to 30, and it's going to be fine. Or you can look at it as like the fumbles are a problem. And the fact that they're not finishing drives against a defense like Ohio's is a problem. Um, that if they don't figure out is going to get them clipped. And I don't know. We'll see which one is right. I don't want to be wishy-washy. I'll take a side. I'm going to wait to see till Kent State proves they can finish these drives, mm-hmm. you know, um, before I say, no, they're going to be fine. They are going to score 50 or 60 points on someone. Yeah, and it's going to be fun because, like, both of those schools, Kent State and Ohio, still have to play these two other teams in the East, Miami and Buffalo. And <sighs> Buffalo, it, man. Dude, it's going to be – it's just going to be a mess in the East. Just, like, it's... a mess once, like, these, like, square four teams just, like, finally, like, all meet and play each other along during the schedule. <sighs> Massive win for Buffalo. <laughs> like, if, it, you're, if you're trying to win a Mac, well, everyone's trying to win a Mac title. But, I mean, like, they reasonably can start talking about it now. Yeah, and, like, the rest of the, like, other circles can, like, finally start saying, hey, Mo Linquist, he's doing a good job. Look at him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's two more wins away from getting his name linked to some jobs. Um, the Kansas, you meant that. Hey, the pipeline worked the first time, dude. Why not? Clearly. Um, so you brought up the what was the post game win expectancy for this one for Buffalo? Twenty. Twenty percent, and uh, the big reason for that is they, you know, they played okay. I don't think either team played. They only had ninety rushing yards. Only 90 rushing yards for a team that wants to run the ball. I guess that would be one concern if they had any about them uh, right now. But they got pretty solidly outgained. Um, they lost the turnover battle. Like it just, there wasn't a lot about this game that suggested Buffalo was going to win. But uh, Miami had 11 penalties for 96 yards. So if you're looking for, you know, do you want to lose? If you want to lose a game that uh, you have every uh, business winning, um, Penalties and turnovers are going to do it to you. Yeah, I wonder like where those penalties happened because that's going to have to like tell me like what like what the fuck happened. Like if they had penalties at like third and two, backed them up five, and had like four yard rushes after that, then that'll kind of explain why Miami went punt, touchdown, punt, punt, pick, field goal, and then had like another, and then in the second half, uh, punt, touchdown, field goal, punt, punt turnover on downs just like, yeah they doesn't had, seem Miami like, had they, like three had, and outs here they didn't seem um, like they had like any consistency on offense like i know avion had a very long like touchdown run in the very beginning of the game of like 73 yards finished with 142 rushing but like he is not it passing he like miami and eastern offensively are having like the same issues where their backup mm-hmm. quarterback is in um and the backup is more of a runner because he cannot get it done through the air. and No, yeah, Avion Smith has some work to do yeah. through the air. Yeah, he did Avion's have the big touchdown run. Um, he, so they had, we were talking about the penalties. I was looking up. The, the big one was um, they had, uh, looks like third and goal. Yeah, third and goal from the uh, Buffalo one, and then they had a false start, um, and then ended up having to settle for a field goal to go up by three instead of seven. And like that's your game. Basically, obviously they had ten other penalties than that one, but like that's that's one that'll that's one that'll kill you. Um, 
they have another field goal drive late in the first half. I don't. They must have just had a big kick return. But anyway, yeah, ninety, almost one hundred penalty yards given to the other team. That's just that's how you lose that game. But don't want to take anything away from Buffalo. I mean, they they needed to win that if they wanted to win a MAC title, and they did. Um, and we talked about Ball State's like. You know, they're like, what if resume? Like, what if they'd held on against Georgia Southern if they don't fumble on the opening possession? Mm-hmm. Against Western, Buffalo's got a pretty good one too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you, they... lose, the, you lose to Maryland, right? Maybe that Holy Cross game where by SP Plus, I think the win expectancy, did I just say it on this show like not too long ago? It was pretty good. Um, yeah, like they should have won that game. They, yeah. they led that game for a majority of it, I believe. Uh, Coastal, you cool. lose that as you should. Fine. Um, Coastal might go on to win the Sun Belt too because they're undefeated still. Um, beat Eastern handily, fifty burger to like really turn things around. Steal a game against Miami, fine. Steal one as you should, but then now you're looking at that. Okay, now you go to Bowling Green, winnable. Go to UMass, winnable. And then you like face Toledo at home. Okay, that's a good like measuring stick of like where you're truly at, especially mm-hmm. for Toledo too, but really with Buffalo this year. Uh, then you're at Ohio, <clears throat> sorry, at Ohio, winnable, at Central, more winnable like than you thought. I like how you said that, like, you just said, like, oh, <laughs> they just, they disgust me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ohio. Central, more winnable now, Akron, who knows, yep. Kent State, who knows. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, on the I, expectations, like on the expectations reset, man, If I, I'm feeling pretty good if I'm a Buffalo fan. Yeah, the pulse is there. Uh, they just got to. Sure is. Um, do the thing. Yeah, because the loss to Maryland, like they looked hapless against Maryland offensively, but you know, um, so did Michigan State. So, like mm-hmm. Maryland looks like they might be pretty good. Maryland had a shot at the Big House two weeks ago. Not bad. If you knock down that Hail Mary against Holy Cross and win in overtime, no one remembers it. Uh, and then all they see is you have a loss to a good Maryland team. Fine, you survived a late surge from a really good FCS team. Cool. Um, played Coastal close. Cool. And then the two wins in Mac play that we talked about. I mean, they're moving in the right direction. That's for sure. Yeah. And like, yeah, hell yeah. I, I'd feel good if I was in that locker room. Yeah. Hell stylistically, yeah. like they know, like I know, like 90 rushing yards is not good against Miami, but like that's probably like maybe, I don't know. We still got to see if like there's any truth to like how good Kent State is uh, defending the run, but maybe that's the best defense you're going to play the rest of the... Nope, you still play Toledo. Well, at least in the East play. That'll be the best defense you see. Um, yeah. Pretty encouraging. Pretty encouraging. I hope, I hope to God that, like, because Kent State Buffalo is the final game. I hope it's, like, snowing like, absolutely, like, snowing so bad in Buffalo. That, like... And it comes down to that game. Well, it like, comes down to that road trip, right? If you know what that I mean. That road trip, yeah. The the long the long revenge. Like, nope. You have to, Buffalo is just like lying to the Mac about the weather. No, that's fine. They have to get up here. We're playing. It's fine. We're we're not rescheduling it. We're not going to play this on Saturday. And we're if like Buffalo was like five and six again at that point, Jesus Christ, man! I am oh going to God. have a field day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah, whether it's Buffalo that can can win the Mac East or if like Kent State needs that game, and like, then to like just force them to go play it. 
And it's going to be so funny because I'll be like, oh, man, they definitely deserve to play because it'd be so fun to see. But then I'll be like, well, what kind of sympathy should I give them since you lose to Holy Cross? I can't do that. You get you get Holy Cross, you get Hail married early in the year, you know, suffer the consequences. Don't go bowling. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'll be me. That's a preview for uh, episode 73 or whatever the fuck <laughs> that's going to be. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I need a, I need a snowstorm that day, like like no one's business, man. Um, the what if game in the other direction for me is Miami. It's it's unfortunate that Gabbert is hurt. It is because I think it just it looks different, man. You talked about them not being able to throw the ball. Avion Smith brings a ton on it with his legs right now, but like they need to be able to throw the football. Yeah, and like like running quarterbacks are nice and like hard to defend if they can also throw the ball. Because right. if they can like throw the ball, then you have to account for not just the guy running, but the guy, you know, thirty yards up, you know, in that direction, or fourteen yards the other way, or two yards in front of you. Like, there's a lot of other things to account for. But if that running quarterback can't throw, then you only have to account for the one running quarterback and not the three eligible receivers that he'd probably want to throw to. So that's where, like, Buffalo is kind of, like, you know, winning some easy ones where Eastern, they didn't have that. They don't have that with Austin Smith. He's not the passer Taylor Powell is. And Avion Smith, he's a great runner, but, like, you know, let him him have that 72-yard run. Let him have that because we'll bury him the rest of the time. Yeah, I think it's more fixable than if a guy can just make all the throws, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And it was more fixable because they, they fixed it. And I just, you know, it's it's interesting because, like, Miami and NIU are on a crash course in the regular season. I think it's the second to last game of the year, right? Yes, the second to last game of the year in DeKalb. Okay. November, 6, November 16th. And it's going to be kind of weird if that game, like, doesn't have title implications, you know? Mm-hmm because of the injuries but there's a good possibility that those are the two best teams in the mac at that point in the season and so that game could end up being really really awesome um but you know on the niu side of things it's kind of unlucky for them because the schedule we talked about gets tough and then you might think oh miami won't be that bad but gabbert should be back by then um it'll be a different team so that is something i'm, I'm on the lookout for like late in the season because i did we ever get a timetable on gabbert uh, I haven't seen because I mean, if he's back by the end of October, they would have Western Michigan and then they would close the season with Northern Illinois and ball state. Mm-hmm. Like Miami might have a lot to say in the East, obviously still, but if not, they might play a big factor in how the West race shakes out but I just think it would kind of suck for them to end up being reduced to a spoiler role. I mean, they're only 0-1. Like, it's fine. It's just yeah. Buffalo is not a game we expected them to lose. Yeah. I mean, if, Com- like, coming if nobody... Yeah, if, like, if nobody plays, like, goes 5-0 and in MacWest play, and, like, everybody's, like, 4-1 and or 3-2 and against the West, yeah, I definitely... I think I'm with you there, where Miami could be the spoiling East team for somebody's MacWest hopes. Yeah, you'd rather play them now if you could. Yeah. Besides NIU Toledo, is there any other? Well, and besides Eastern Western, are you going to that game? 
I am not. Uh, wife's working again, so I'm on like all day baby duty again. Yeah. So I won't be going. I'll be at homecoming the week after though, uh, when they play Ohio. Doesn't do me any good though. No, it doesn't. I'll probably wait. Are you going to be there? I might. I at least applied for credentials. I, uh, I'm not 100 percent sure if I'm going to go. Nice. Because uh, you know it's not like around the block, but. Uh, right. It's a shorter think. drive than you think. It's pretty easy. Uh, are there any other games that pique your interest, or should we just like do like top three, bottom three, or whatever three? Um, Kent State Miami's next week. Um, oh yeah. That's gonna be. That was uh, because I, I think Miami's defense is still good enough to slow down Kent. Yeah, that was um, the last game of the year last year, and that was like that went. That was a great game. That was a great yes. game. Yes. Yeah, it decided who won the Mac East. Again, Miami missed out on an 8-0 Mac season by, like, four total points. Um And, yeah, and uh, I can't say it can't do what they did against Ohio and then survive that game against Miami. Miami's too good on defense. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll work. Uh, Eastern Western is huge. EMU going for a four-game win streak against WMU. What are the odds that Ball State beats Central, though? Or Central beats Ball State, rather. I'm going to go the other way. I think pretty low. And because I thought that the level of desperation, not that it wasn't high, they just didn't really play like it. I thought they were going to have a better showing against Toledo. Mm-hmm. Because they that was your opportunity for the season reset, mm-hmm. you know? And it was for Toledo, too. Like they Toledo could not afford even like a close win in that game, purely from a vibes perspective. But Toledo went and just clobbered them, man. Like I just don't Ball State. I don't think is as good as Toledo, but we, they keep improving. And Central is going the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I just Ball State feels as a hot team right now. I don't see any spreads for that yet, but um, I have to imagine it'll be it'll still be close just because I don't think they're head and shoulders better, but I don't like central in that game at all. Uh, but if we do get losses from Eastern and Toledo next week, uh, there will be zero teams in the Mac with a winning record <laughs> through six weeks. Hey man, that's, that's something to look out for. If anything, if anything, <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny if that happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, Eastern and Toledo only two teams with winning records. So, uh, we're going to end this with the top three, bottom three, whatever. Same thing we do every week. Uh, Justin, do you want me, me to go first or do you want you? You go You go first, man. I feel bad. I've talked to uh, you have, yeah, yeah. Ha- you have your water. And you know what? I'm going to carry the torch for Ball State and keep yeah. that going because not only was it a big week for Ball State in terms of beating NIU and like getting back the bronze stock trophy, but it was also big for Ball State football because one Freddie Gibbs put out Soul Sold separately. And I love the hell out of that album. Uh, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to write down three. I don't know if it's top three. It's just three Freddie Gibbs albums that I really, really love. And you might be listening to this and be like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, slow down, slow down. Slow your roll, Alex. Hold on. One Freddie Gibbs played Ball State football? It's true. It's true. He did. But, like, I don't. he wasn't, like, a player player. He, like, went there as a freshman and then never went to class and became a uh, a great rapper instead. Did we ever find photo evidence of this? Uh, dude, it's, he, no, he said it in an interview. Um, yeah, I think I I found it. I think I, I know I found it, but 
like I I, like I fact check that. <laughs> Not that I like called him a liar. Be like, I'm gonna you know be a journalist, <laughs> yeah. at, you know, from home. Uh, no, but yeah, no, he played football in the Mac. Freddie Gibbs, Plies and Freddie Gibbs, two Mac football rappers. Uh, three albums by Freddie Gibbs that I've loved, and I'm not going to count Soul Sold separately. Uh, one, Alfredo, and I know that's a collab with The Alchemist, but Alfredo is like, was probably my favorite rap album in 2020. I don't know if you have like any big like Freddie Gibbs takes over there, Justin, but feel free to chime in if and when no, you he's want. good. He's good. He's real good. Uh, number two, I got Bandana with uh with mad lib there's just like some really good ones on there uh crime pays fake names is a, a great track and i love like the way that the flow changes like right in the middle of it so great you know great album there and of course the self-titled freddy not to be confused with fetty um which is another collab album but freddy a studio album that he did his last one before soul sold separately which came out in 2018 this freddy one did uh that that's got some heat there's a lot of bangers on there. And he's got some other albums. I didn't list off like really like anything before those three were published, really, which sucks. But the, I, I love Freddy. I love Bandana. And Alfredo, again, that's an incredible album. I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I really don't know if you can list off like another rap album that came out in 2020 that I was like, yeah, that's definitely that's actually better than Alfredo. You're right. Nope. Don't think you could do that for me. That's a really good top three. Thank you. Like, I, I, I enjoy the concept. Um, I, I will never, like, take this part seriously, and I'm the one that came came up with this. I know, this is your <laughs> idea, but I, I really like that. Um, my bottom three is... I'm just gonna say Eastern Michigan generally, man. So yeah, I, that's fine. It doesn't feel, no, doesn't they, feel they great that they... Yeah, they won it, a game and I don't it doesn't feel like it. Like every year they have a stupid game where they win a game and I'm mad. Like Isn't when, that the worst? Dude, yeah, especially when like the first time I really experienced that was Rutgers. And that was the first power five win in program history. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Like, yeah, but the clock stopped, right? Like I can <sighs> Oh God, that shit sucked. Um I think NIU's second half offense. I'm, I apologize for being like really broad and vague here uh, on the bottom side, but like they just wasted a 30 carry, 230 yard touchdown performance from Harrison Whaley. And I just think that, you know, it's easy to just talk about like the defense isn't good, the defense isn't good. Well, we know that, but like even with a backup quarterback, that's a game you kind of expect that program to put away, and they just didn't. Um, so that wasn't great. Um, and then Miami's passing game, like I'm not going to harp on, on the, the young, the it's young quarterback, but it, it's bad. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, it was the worst of the week because Western Michigan didn't play an FBS opponent. Right. Right. <laughs> but it's got to get better. Like they've got a season to save here. Um, they've got to improve through the air and boom goes the dynamite